Magic is power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What is up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. Not much. Uh, we're in a time warp. I don't even know what time. This is. <laughs> this <laughs> is so strange. So many, so many layers. We are. Ref- we're going to be talking about something that happened two weeks ago by playing a yes. clip that was recorded a week ago, but we're recording the intro right now. That's right. And you're listening to this in a few days. So <laughs> you do the math. I don't know how this is going to work, uh, but you have some awesome guests on this week. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it. You recorded, uh, what, three times last week, including uh, the other podcasts we do? So Yeah, it was, it was a busy <laughs> week of recording, but uh, it was awesome. Um, we did a crossover episode with Wilson of The Brainstorm Show and James of Humans of Magic. They're going to introduce themselves in the clip. Great guys. If you don't already listen to their uh, podcast, definitely recommend it. Uh, but yeah, we just wanted to do some quick announcements before we play that going over uh, our experiences at GP Seattle together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get to that, as always, we want to thank hipstersofthecoast.com for bringing you guys awesome uh, content from us uh, as well as I mean, there's just a bunch of there's a bunch of podcasts over there. There's great articles every week. Um, so check them out. Uh, Leaving a Legacy is on hipstersofthecoast.com. You can also find us on the Top Deck app as well. And I'll tell you, one of the things I love about the Top Deck app and this is not to like this is not just saying like because because they're great and we have a great relationship with Lincoln. It's just that uh when the BNR changes came, I got a, a push notification on my phone. I lifted it up, it was like ten oh two Eastern and it says Death no Ray Chaman is banned. banned. Like they said, you know, I mean that would have been great. I would have been fine with that. Oh my god, but- I should have I should have bribed Lincoln to just April Fools everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that like that i got a notification saying oh here's the bnr the, like there's no change to the bnr i didn't have to like even unlock my phone i didn't have to find it on twitter i was literally driving down the highway and saw oh i was actually going to new york city on monday and oh no changes to the bnr that is awesome um so that app is great honestly like if you go to big tournaments and you want like uh if you don't want to be keeping like hit and refresh trying to find the pairings on star city games or if wizards does online pairings you can just get them pushed right to your phone like you'll be the first one to your table every time you can get that outside seat you'll get crammed in over there you can find you can find the end seat or whatever um it's just it's super convenient and i i love having that app on my phone and also like there's a bunch of other functionality that i don't even use i literally just use it for the pairings um but there's a bunch of stuff on there too so uh check out the app i really really like it pat, pat just had to get that off his chest Woo! yeah i'm just saying i i really like the app man I, uh, it's the only magic app that i've had for more than like a week all the other apps i'm like oh this thing like it just none of them work the way I want them to work and they just don't provide enough value to me. So I always just delete them off my phone because I am very much a minimum, a minimalist when it comes to apps on my phone. Um, I only keep the ones that I really like. And, uh, that is one of the ones that has made the cut every time. So I just, I just recommend it personally. Awesome. Um, and, uh, also if you want to support the show directly, you can visit patreon.com slash leaving a legacy. We actually have some really, really awesome art. We had commissioned, uh, by Dios boss on Twitter. 
Uh, he's an actual artist out of Brazil. He made like some really, really sick art. Uh, some, some Jerry run, rock and sneaker show versus me playing some Blue Red Delver. Um, a lot of people were confused with some of the art. They thought it was Xantid Swarm. It or does kind of look a bit like Xantid. It just the position it, so, wise. I thought right, it was so Beedrill when I first up, saw it. I, I looked up Pokemon Zantis. up in here. <laughs> I looked up Xantis Swarm, and, and Xantis Swarm does not have a human head. It's a straight up, I mean, I don't know. I don't it's, know where people are getting same, it from. It's the same angle, and I, I can <sighs> see how people will confuse it. It it looks great. Um, oh, but man. seriously, uh, big shout out to Dio's boss. He did a fantastic job making it for us. Someone who are also, I think he's going to help help us make some uh, tokens as well for the show. Um, but that art is going to get stuck on some play mats, which is really cool. And I think we actually have a few people selected um, from our uh, Mythic Rare, uh, Mythic Rare Rarity uh, supporters who are going to get a copy of that playmat. Um, and also, Jerry and I are still working on some of the... Uh, we actually were talking about it for about 20 minutes before the uh, re- record of this part. Uh, just some of the rewards we're trying to get shipped out. So we're a little bit behind that stuff, but trust me, we are working on it. Uh, we have lists galore, uh, ordering and more cards for thank you cards. So uh, so please be, please be patient. You guys have been so, so great about it. We really appreciate the support. And uh, we are working diligently to get you those awesome uh, stickers and, and, and thank you notes and all that stuff. So thank you very much for, for supporting the cast. And, and uh, hopefully don't we'll worry, get this next uh, round of thank yous uh, out soon. Us fellow plebs, I- I'm, I'm looking out for you. Uh, I'm making plans to uh, get the art also. See if we can even get it on some T-shirts. I want to do it right, though. Uh, but I think the art does look super cool and would translate to a T-shirt uh, well if uh, if we do it right. Agreed. Yeah, I don't want it to be just like a block picture on the T-shirt. But if, if we can get <laughs> graphic to, design like, is my passion, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get it to fade really nicely to the edges of the shirt, or even if it's like the LAL logo on the front and that picture on the back, I don't know something cool. We, we gotta figure get, something out gotta with get, it. Gotta get one of those full shirts. Like you know, have you ever seen those shirts where it's like a pug, yes, a pug it's space. A pug. <laughs> it's like a full, like a full. <laughs> I think um, that would you know be good. What? I think the next tournament, I'm just going to get one of those shirts that's just your face on it. <laughs> uh, I'd pay money to see that. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. So we'll let you guys get to the podcast uh, with James and Wilson and I. Uh, it's going to be really great. And then next week, uh, which also time warp, next week's episode, which we already recorded this week, <laughs> Wait, you're, uh, we this sit week down with oh, yeah, GP week, Seattle week, yeah. winner uh, J- Daniel Duterte, and he was awesome. So uh, that's a great episode. Uh, you guys are going to really like it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. I haven't heard him yet, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, check it out, guys. Let yeah. us know what you think. And have fun. Enjoy the episode. Oh, no, I was going to say, uh, if one of us doesn't have Audacity, do you still want me to record on Audacity, or you want to, or Skype recorder is fine on your end, Jerry? Nah, Skype recorder is going to get everything. I mean, if we don't have one of them, there's not really much point in having the other two. You can just have me be silent. Okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to do that, we could just edit Wilson out of the conversation. We'll just, we'll just splice in, like, the format is fair. The format is balanced, like, every, every 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm joined here with two good friends, Wilson and James. What's up, guys? Hello, everybody. Uh, so we're all we're back from GP Seattle. It is fresh in our minds, though. I'm guessing by the time this hits our listeners' ears, it's uh, it's probably going to be a, a bit in the past. So it'll be a nice refresher course for people. Yes, I missed the trip. It was fun, and. Uh, I feel like it was a long time ago already because I'm exhausted. <laughs> deep into the I know it's like another lifetime away. Yes. Um, so I guess for our 
other listeners who might not be familiar with each of us, should we just go around in a circle and uh, let everyone know who we are? Yeah, let's do it. So I guess I will begin with that. My name is Philip Braverman. Uh, I'm a- <laughs> uh, so I'm Wilson Hunter. I'm a co-host of the Brainstorm Show, uh, legacy fan, fan fan, and uh, just general hobbyist. And um, and yeah, so that's me. Awesome. Well, I'm Jerry Me. I'm the co-host of Leaving a Legacy, also a Legacy fan. Go figure, the podcast about the Legacy GP is hosted by three Legacy players. Uh, but I'm based out of Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm ready ready to go over this. Yeah, and uh, I'm James Shu. I was uh, born in Taiwan, raised in Canada, now living in China, also a Legacy fan. And I have... I, I enjoy content creation, so I have a podcast called Humans of Magic, and I've also written a book in the past about my experiences and frustrations playing Legacy <laughs> called Magic the Addiction. So that's a little bit about me. So we have Magic the Addiction, Leaving a Legacy. Is this is this a is this an intervention, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Uh, so. I mean, I guess, what was everyone's just first uh, impressions of Seattle? Has anyone been there before? That was my first trip. Yeah, it was my first trip, too. Totally awesome. Uh, it's almost like the the shining city, or I don't, I don't know how you want to describe it, but it was something about it was just very different from many other U.S. cities I've been to. Nothing against other U.S. cities, but uh, it was very expensive. <laughs> but to, but to go along with that, I felt I felt like something about it was just it was just cool to be there. So yeah, great time. Yeah, uh, the Emerald City, I believe its nickname is. Is it really? I thought that was Oz. I mean, yeah, I mean Seattle is Oz. Okay. It's, that it's where it's based. You know that it's a tornado. Gotcha. Weather, weather patterns, deep state. You know. <laughs> <laughs> James, you've been there before, though, right? Oh yeah, I grew up close to seattle i grew up in vancouver canada which is just about a two and a half hour drive from there so i'm quite familiar with seattle i love it it's more rainy than in other cities but that's kind of something that i've gotten used to over the years and there's a great big gaming culture in seattle uh i think it's because of the rain because it rains all the time people stay indoors and play board games and play magic and all that stuff so it's got a really Really cool vibe. Uh, obviously, Wizards is based there in Renton, Washington, which is a part of Seattle. So, uh, yeah, it's just just a great place to be. Just a great place. Yeah, you know, I never heard that theory before, but it makes perfect sense now that you say it. Like, oh, where it it was, it it rained every almost every day that we were there. So, it does lend to a lot of uh, inside activities. Exactly. And no one really uses an umbrella because if you use an umbrella, you look like a tourist. Everyone has kind of a, a rain parka with a hood, uh, kind of walk around bravely with rain on their head and all that stuff. It's just a very Seattle thing to do. So, nice. Yeah, I feel like also also in Seattle, you could you can say I could buy five, cup, five cups of coffee and an Eggs Benedict breakfast or I could buy an underground sea and many people choose <laughs> underground sea. <laughs> that is true. Seattle was much more expensive than I was expecting it to be. I don't know if it was just because we were in like the downtown area of Seattle the whole time, but yeah, it's like the four of us, uh Ian, our uh, our other cohort in the hotel room who uh 
does not wish to be on the podcast because he hates the sound of his own voice. <laughs> uh, but the four of us went to breakfast and we got like egg sandwich and coffee. And it was like $70 at the end of the bill. <laughs> oh, man. But other than that, I mean, I thought the food in Seattle was was really good. I, I didn't realize how big of a seafood city it was, uh, but they had really good seafood everywhere we went. True. Yeah, I enjoyed the the beer. So, uh, but I enjoy that in every city I go to. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, we went to some sweet bars uh, while we were there, uh, like the Pike's Place. Did you guys ever explore Pike's Place at all? Yes, actually. Wait, wait did we all go there at different times? Uh, I think so. I mean, I went with Ian. I also went drunkenly with uh, Jasper and the Top Deck Dap guys. Oh, uh, yeah. But. Yeah, it was uh it was a sweet time. Uh I it's kind of like uh, I compare it to like the Boston equivalent of like Quincy Market, like this big open air marketplace where you can buy and sell, well not necessarily sell, but just like vendors setting up their stu- their homemade wares that they're selling. Right. Yeah, I went there like uh right before I left on my flight. So I was like sort of cutting it close, but that was my last experience in Seattle. Uh, plus it's like massive seafood area like there's uh the fishermen all should come, come there to sell their uh their catch of the day uh like did you see the rock lobsters like i'm used to maine lobsters but apparently seattle has these things called rock lobsters where they were just selling the tail but the tail is like as big as your head it was ridiculous yes i didn't see those but yeah that's pretty sweet. Oh, I've, i missed that unfortunately that looks pretty sounds pretty good so uh, what time we got there on Tuesday? Yes, Tuesday evening. Yeah, Tuesday evening. Uh, nothing much happened on Tuesday night. We landed and struggled to find a place to eat because everything closes at ten o'clock on a Tuesday in Seattle, apparently. Yeah, James kindly picked me up from the airport. Uh, almost crashed about three times on the way to the hotel. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. You were, like, shaking when you got to the hotel. Like you were in a white-knuckle ride. <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe, hopefully I can shake this off before I play some Magic this week. But, um, no, I'm just kidding. But James was very nice to do that. We looked for parking for a really long time. The first place we went, we were like, this is so expensive. And then we traveled around the city, and, like, every other place we found was more expensive. So after like an hour, we ended up at the first parking deck that we tried. Uh, that's like me and Ian. So we got there uh, before you guys, and we started like walking around looking for anything to eat. And like we saw a McDonald's, like yeah, we don't want McDonald's. Let's get some local flair. And then we're getting like further and further away, can't find <laughs> anything. So we go back to the McDonald's, only to find out that the McDonald's closed an hour before we even saw it. <laughs> And then finally, we took an Uber to a bar that sold $2 slices of pizza. <laughs> and then Ubered back to the hotel after buying $4 of pizza. <laughs> Jeez. And, yeah, and then when we showed up, I was like, I'm, I'm really hungry. <laughs> yeah. And you were, instead, instead of doing it all over again, you had that extra piece of pizza, which sort of saved me. So. Yeah. I, I had a premonition that you needed me, Wilson, and I was there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be the theme of the weekend. Oh, man. Uh, then next day was Wednesday and that was the, uh, card kingdom tournament. Yeah. I lovingly call Wednesday James day, James day. <laughs> yeah. James top eight at it. How'd that go, man? 
I ran really well. I, I just have to say um, I had some favorable matchups. Uh, I didn't make any obvious mistakes, and it, I was very excited, very very stoked to uh, to have top aided that tournament because, uh, as I recall, the tournament was capped at 128 players, but we played. But basically, everyone there is uh, is kind of a grinder, right? Because Seattle is just known for great legacy turnouts. I mean, we typically have 40, 50 people at legacy weeklies, and that's happening twice a week, also at Car yeah. Kingdom. Uh, so I I think all of us knew going in that it was going to be pretty tough competition, and I was just lucky in some places, I guess. It yeah. turned out pretty well. So. Yeah, I saw- Give yourself more credit. James played some really good matches. He had one camera match that he won. Uh, he won a mirror match against legacy expert Greg Mitchell. That was pretty sweet. I got to watch a decent amount of that one. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool watching James do really well in that tournament. And uh, what were you on, James? Oh, I was on the old uh, Honda Civic, a.k.a. Grixis Delver. <laughs> Very reliable and just wins. So I, I basically told myself that I wasn't going to play any fringe decks or tier two decks i just wanted to play an objectively powerful deck and uh it kind of carried me that tournament so i was happy with that yeah uh what about you wilson how'd the tournament go for you lost my first two matches uh and then after that i ended i ended up the turn into the tournament at four and three so mediocre i played against zero blue decks with my grixis control deck I ended up losing the same number of matches as I lost at the Grand Prix, which was over twice the number of rounds, which, you know, means that it probably wasn't a very good event for me. Um, so, but I had a really good time. It was really cool seeing the shop, seeing how they had their feature match set up with the, the camera hovering over the center table and the ceiling. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe, but it was just a really cool experience thing to see. It is a super cool shop. Like, just to des- describe it a bit, like, you go in, and it's a big open room where all the board games are, like, really bright. I want to say, like, a two st- is it two-story uh, main hall? Like, really high ceilings uh, with, yeah. like, bookcase shelves going all the way to the ceiling full of board games, uh, which is super awesome. And then they have, like, a computer terminal set up with four computers where if you're looking for a card, you just go over there, type in the card you need, pulls up the inventory, and you just order it, and then someone pulls it and fills it for you. So it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like online shopping with instant <laughs> instant gratification. Right. And then there's, like, a restaurant and bar attached, which is cool. I didn't I didn't personally do anything at the restaurant bar but i heard you can use store credit over there which is insane yeah. i know they were saying that it's like yeah sometimes people come in and they they sell a bunch of cards get it in store credit and then just spend the night uh drinking with their friends <laughs> it's like sell an underground sea and buy a round for the house <laughs> yeah it's really great and the tables there at the bar are extremely large and accommodating so you can see people actually playing board games or playing magic as they're having their food and having a few drinks. It's a really great atmosphere for sure. And that's perfect because how many times have you been with a group of magic players and you go to a bar and like half the table breaks out their decks and want to play. And then the other half are like, what the hell are you doing, man? Put that shit away. We're in public. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that, that was sweet. Also, I got uh, the sneak peek. Uh, There's actually a bookcase uh, in it. 
in the bar area that actually slides away, and behind it is a hidden function room for private events. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, plus, they have, like, all sorts of cool things, like going down the uh, hallway, heading towards the bathrooms. It's lined with, like, uh, various, like, metal renditions of, like, cosplay weapons and armor from various video games. And uh, just, like, an all-around really cool store. Oh, yeah. It was it was definitely awesome. And then I guess the one thing that we didn't give details of, maybe you did, and I just sort of zoned out, was, was the feature, like, the, the playroom yes, itself. Yeah. It's almost like a big ballroom kind of thing mm-hmm. um, with the feature match being right smack in the middle of it. Yeah, so they, I think wait, they, ha- sorry. they have like uh, and they have in the middle of the room four TVs set up in like a square, kind of like a jumbotron st- uh, style. Mm-hmm. And then hanging from between the four TVs is uh, all the webcams for the feature matches. Looks very official. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. So, and then that room itself can very comfortably fit 96 players. So, when they cap it at 128, I mean, they have plenty of room for the 128, and the extra uh, 32 player overflow is is still very reasonable. But, um, but yeah, it was it was it was a very cool room to be playing in. Yeah, definitely. Um, the event itself did not go so well for me, though. I. Uh... Why? Jerry. <laughs> so I was talking um, to Frank Stanley. He was the like acting TO um, on site that, you know, they were just like severely understaffed because it was the GP. I guess a bunch of a bunch of people obviously took the week off so that they could enjoy the GP. So they were really understaffed. And then on top of that, they ran a maxed out capped uh, legacy event. Um, so I think they maybe kind of had, uh, some less experienced judges, uh, on the floor and, uh, there were just, there were some real bad calls on the weekend and it actually ended up, I've never done this before, but I actually ended up asking for my money back and dropping from the tournament. Wow. What, what made that happen to you? Like, what did you do that? <laughs> I love pay, pay, playing the innocent interviewee, interviewer, Wilson. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, uh, rat match two, I get paired against this, like, this nice kid. He, this, uh, he's playing, uh, mono red sneak attack, uh, and match goes well. I'm playing Grixis Delver and I just let, I crush him. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, and then around game three, the match slips come out and the judge puts them on the table. Like, okay, cool. Um, I proceed uh, to beat him and then go to pick up the match slip to sign it. And we're like, uh, these are the wrong names. <laughs> and turns out that also the match sitting next to us, with which is happened to be uh, also uh, Evan Nyquist from Tusk Talk, uh, was one of the people next to me. Uh, they also had uh, the wrong names. So this table ended up, everyone he, everyone at the table played the wrong opponent because the table numbers got shifted down and all the tables were uh, table seats were misnumbered because like the the numbering cards instead of having like 54 55 on each side it was just 55 55 56 56 57 57 so it was very easy for the numbers to get mixed up and for people to sit in the wrong areas um, like didn't that happen to you one of the rounds Wilson yes it did. So uh, I think that happened in a in a few different different spots, like as far as like the mislabeling and all that. Yeah. 
Um, so I ended up asking for my money back. I mean, Andrew, the uh, store owner, uh, you know, he, he gave it back. He, he apologized. He said, yeah, things weren't up to our standards. You know, this doesn't, uh, represent what we want to do. Um, you know, we, we, I, I give them credit because it was very ambitious of them to hold this event right before the legacy GP, uh, to have that capped out tournament. Um, even with, you know, the, the reduced judge staff and, uh, store employees, but I, you know, I think it's great that they ran it. He recognized that, you know, we made some mistakes and he, he did right boy it. So, you know, I, I can't, I can't complain. I think they did everything well. They, they maybe bit off a bit more than they can chew, but that's just a learning experience for next time. Yep. I'm sorry you had to deal with that, Jerry. It was, uh, it's one of those things where like with, when you're staying with people, it's like we were having very different experiences across the room with James doing very well. Jerry running extremely unlucky with those <laughs> situations. Ian was uh, not doing very well with the deck that I told him to play, so I felt personally <laughs> responsible. This is within like you've you've met Ian less than twelve hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it, but even already within that, Ian's like a, a very warm and uh, loving fellow, and, and I, <laughs> I felt guilty. But all that being said, at this bag. point. <laughs> I, I I felt pretty guilty as far as uh he wasn't doing that well, but Ian's a good player, so I I you know I knew that he was getting relatively unlucky, but at the same time I didn't know Ian very well, like you said, and uh, I felt bad that he like had trusted me, and I felt like I had to let him down, but it is what it is. So yeah, just as uh, a total aside, uh, I had no idea that you guys were such celebrities in the legacy community until. <laughs> We played at that event because I remember some random guy just going up to Wilson after one of his matches and said, hey, are you Wilson Hunter? And Wilson says, yes, I am. And he shakes his hand. His expression totally changes to one of pure ec- ecstasy and joy. And he says, wow, Wilson Hunter, I listened to the Brainstorm show and I'm playing your deck right now. I guess it didn't matter that like I think everyone that played your deck, Wilson, that day scrubbed out. But uh, <laughs> But it, it's that that's irrelevant, right? The fact is you had a lot of fans and as did Jerry and it was pretty cool. Like just just me witnessing that uh right there uh in the moment, you know. Interesting. Yeah, people kept well, coming up James, to me at do you do you observe anything different about the fans of the Brainstorm show and leaving Legacy? Just like non biased third party or- <laughs> Are you We're, making a quality call on our fan base, Wilson? No, 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 no. no. This isn't like, <laughs> it's not linear. It's not black or white. I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, like, uh, James, what, what would you say is the uh, the average ELO of legacy leaving legacy seem, players compared they all to seem to be like uh, <laughs> mediocre to below average legacy players? If I may be oh. honest, so, I don't the think brains- anyone copied uh, that was a. Brainstorm show fan, other than myself, and uh, that's only because I knew Wilson from way back. So wow, okay, I see why we're doing this episode. He's just trying to snipe our listeners over here. (laughs) Well, no, I mean we we gotta we gotta we gotta put you down a notch a little bit before putting you up, right? Because uh, when we get to the actual GP, we'll get to that for sure. So I'm just I'm just uh, just ragging on you. It's a compliment sandwich. You got to say a nice thing and then a shitty thing and then a nice thing. And then you have a shit sandwich for you, Wilson. <laughs> um, yummy. Uh, so that was uh, that was the Card Kingdom event. Uh, anything else we kind of wanted to talk about that? I thought I thought, you know, it was still enjoyable. Uh, it was good 
to kind of just get get set up and ready for a GP. I kind of wish there was a 5K before every GP like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was a very cool experience. So, but the thing is, there could be if if local shops in large cities did stuff like that. So, I mean, this happened to be one of the best uh, regional stores in the country or slash world. But other shops should be thinking about this model. You know, they should yeah. run. They they have players coming in, and if they advertise well, they could have probably pretty big events. Uh, two days prior to the start of a GP. Yeah. It's, it's probably like a lot more doable for most GPs because this one was on a Wednesday mm-hmm. because like because the double GP weekend, legacy GP start on Friday. But like a Thursday is probably even more doable for a lot of stores and a lot of people. So I feel yeah. like that's something that would be pretty cool. Well, yeah, especially like we flew in a day early and got a hotel room for an extra day specifically to go to this event. Yeah, like people will come for it if they're already going anyways, they'll adjust their plans. And you're right. It is much easier, especially taking time off work and all of that. Uh, Taking like Thursday, Friday off is a lot more easier than taking Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I hope that. uh... You guys brought up a really good point is that it might have, in retrospect, it might have been even better to have it on the Thursday. I know that people are grinding for buys on Thursday, but I also talked to a lot of people that didn't even care about the buys and they flew in like the night before, so that could have, or two nights before, so that could have been better. But uh, it was still an excellent event nonetheless. So, yeah, that's an interesting point. So maybe in future ones, like there could be an opportunity for some like regional store to do like a Friday one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just like shooting from the hip here. I don't even think this was like a planned comment, but all these things, more magic is good. That's all I know. So yeah, for sure. Uh, plus like awesome prizes, underground seas, like four underground seas to first place is insane. I haven't been to a tournament giving out four underground seas to first place in a long time. Yeah, no, that's, that's very cool. Uh, what did we do the next day? There wasn't the GP yet. Oh, we grind. We we played for buys the next day, didn't we? Uh, some some of us did. I played. <laughs> I played high tide. Oh yeah. Uh, we, it was coming down to it. It was uh in our pod. It was just me and Wilson in uh in the top eight. <laughs> and Wilson's like, oh, I already have the buys. I'm like, oh, so does that mean uh <laughs> he'll scoop to me if we get fair? He's like, if you make it worth it. <laughs> with a gleam in your eye wow i i fully deny everything jerry just said (laughs) oh man james are you playing for buys i was and i uh i let me see i i told myself i'd try a couple times uh didn't quite get there but i saw some of my friends did get there on their first try so i was very happy for them um but i think more importantly it was just kind of a nice warm-up before the GP to actually play some games. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be there the day before the event and kind of talk to people, meet to people, uh, and check out what was going on in the booths and all that stuff. Um, I had a very egregious error (laughs) the day of the the grinders. I actually didn't show up for my match three because I was too involved in dialogue with Bob Huang that uh, I (laughs) I didn't go to the third. So... Somewhere in this alternate reality universe, uh, I could have gotten the buys. Uh, I really felt it, but uh, I guess I got some really good Grixis Delver advice from Bob as we were chatting. So maybe it was worth uh, me forfeiting my buys. So 
Yeah. You, you also made someone's day, like not showing up for you know, round three of a four round buy tournament. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he uh, felt good. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, I unfortunately got taken out in the semifinals by Burn. I couldn't believe I lost a Burn for it. Uh, Wilson, did you? How did you end up doing in that? Uh, the the side event thing. I think I lost round three. So yeah, like two and one with high tide. I messaged Marcus slash Truckus. Many of you know him. I said, I'm playing high tide in the side of it right now. And he said, oh, boy, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And he's in Sweden. <laughs> it was like 1 a.m. or something. <laughs> so, See, but yeah. you definitely have your fans. Right. It was fun. It, my, you know, the judge and my opponent didn't really understand phasing uh, on Teferi's realm. So we had interesting <laughs> times with that. And in general it was just i don't know something about my, i just get this tingly feeling going off with high tide it's just sort of a cool experience nice i like wilson playing all these cool fun decks and me and james are like no nah, we jammed grixis because we wanted to win <laughs> she just had sad. fun i think that's sad you guys are just degenerating legacy to a spike for me <laughs> <laughs> oh man i promised myself i wasn't gonna talk about death right shaman on this cast <laughs> but <laughs> nope no buts no buts okay instead we can we talk about merchant scroll and how it's basically demonic tutor for women game. <laughs> yeah definitely okay um did you guys check out any of the dealer booths i thought uh the dealers this year were really good yeah, I found two Hope of Gearpers at a dealer, so I think that that dealer is really good because I didn't expect to find that. So, yeah, I love it when you're like, "Do you have this random uncommon from Odyssey? You do? Awesome! I'll take four. In <laughs> <laughs> like like the time it spends for that interaction and their searching is like definitely not worth the money that you give them for that. But the dealers are awesome because they'll do that. I remember at one GP uh, there was this Italian storm and I w- uh, store and I was looking for Italian brainstorms for the longest time. I found one Italian brainstorm in like a bulk box years ago, and I always had my eye out to finish the set. And I'm like, hey, do you have this? And he's like, mm, no, but hold on. And he takes his actual legacy deck and he takes the uh, Italian brainstorms out of his out of his legacy deck and sells it to me. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, wow. it was sweet. I was super grateful for that. Wow, he must, took... have, he must have really ripped you off. <laughs> no, these are only a hundred euros per. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a dollar each. Um, I did feel bad with so one store, um, Scalding Tarn spiked this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I got my first three Scalding Tarns at like one eighty, and then I saw a fourth one for a, a one ninety. I'm like. Yeah, I I can find one for 180. I don't want to buy that. And I waited and I waited, and then I went up to like 250. And I'm like, Jeez. fuck, I've I've been kicking myself. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna bite the bullet. And I'm gonna pay 250 uh, for my scalding tarn. And I start going around the event hall, and I can't find a scalding tarn freaking anywhere. Like I've visited probably 90 percent of the booths at this point. Can't yep. find a single scalding tarn. So I'm like, what is going on? And I jump on TCG Player, and there's oh, there's like only a handful of Scalding Tarns left, and they're all at three hundred and fifty dollars each. Goodness! 
Um, and so finally I'm like, well, that sucks. So I start like walking around and I go to like the back corner. I haven't been there yet. And there was this European store that was just setting up. Um, so I go and I see that they have a scalding tarn and they're still selling it for the $250 price. So I'm like, without question, I'm just like, I will take this. Here's my credit card. I will take this. Take it. Please, please get that for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like, they signed it off for, off to me. And I felt, <laughs> I felt even worse because, uh, it, I saw on the screen, it did the conversion to euros and it only comes out to like $200 euro that they were receiving for it. Yeah, well, that's because uh, Europe is that much better than the United States of America. Oh my! Before <laughs> believing legacy podcast. So, what was the what was the reason for the spike? Was it just for the weekend, or because of some permanent spike nah. caused by modern or something else? All the expeditions have been steadily tricking, you know, ticking up in price. People want them. They're beautiful cards. They're never going to get printed again. It's almost like I consider expeditions like the new reserve list. It's like, yes, those cards may be printed again, but they'll never be printed in that way again. It's really interesting. Yeah. So, Jerry, you said a few things. Really, it was the it was one thing, but you said it a few times that really uh, sort of a, a theme of the weekend. You said scalding scalding tarn many many times and to me that t- that touches on uh, a theme of the weekend where are you going with this it was very cool for me as a uh sort of rural southern boy to be staying in a room with some boston fellows and a beijing brother i feel like we we all had like very different life experiences and it was sort of fun to discuss a lot of different things and i i feel like we there were just like a lot of interesting topics that came up where uh, we all had different per- life perspectives that were sort of cool. Yep, there are a lot, a lot of interesting topics that will never see the light of day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just remember James uh, really wanting Land Shark all weekend. <laughs> I know. Why is that, James? Why? Did, what is? What is Land Shark? We even like think... went to a bodega to try and get it for you. <laughs> The subliminal, actually not even subliminal, the overt messaging in your show, Wilson, has really brainwashed me. So uh, at some point I will have to taste the sweet nectar that is Landshark. Uh, until next time. How do you feel about Boston Market, James? Boston Market is excellent from what I hear. <laughs> Good man. James Good man. Like, I have no idea what that is, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh savage savage yeah. <laughs> it was it was a blast though <laughs> yeah. uh so that night we had uh we had the we had the dinner with gavin that night oh yeah can we talk about this yeah let's uh, definitely so, talk about this yeah so that was an awesome time wait uh, is yeah. it gavin like he doesn't even need a last name because he's so famous yeah he's he's like prince it's like madonna <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Verhey, uh, senior designer at uh, Wizards. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he just asked really great questions to everybody. He was like, he was like if you could ban – well, these aren't even the best questions, but he has like, if you could ban five cards from Legacy, what would they be and why? He asked some other interesting questions about like robbing a bank and getting shot and a bunch of things. 
Oh yeah, we had we had this awesome conversation about <laughs> luck. Like apparently Gavin's like super into which makes sense like yeah. being a game designer, how how people it's not like it's the perception of luck whether people exactly. perceive themselves to be lucky or not and the the like the brain teaser is you're in a bank, a robber bursts in and fires off his gun and says this is a robbery. You get hit in the arm. Are you lucky that you only got hit in the arm and you didn't die or are you unlucky that you didn't that you got shot in the first place? And if you like, that says a lot about a person, you know, their perspective on that, which way, which side of the coin they take that from. Yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. Uh, really it was to me, it was more about like, I didn't really care what, I mean, that sounds terrible. I mean, everybody gives sort of interesting answers, <laughs> but to me, I was, I was like, like I don't care about these peasants. <laughs> I was like the answers or whatever. But to me, it was like, he was asking these like expert level uh, questions. And I was like, you know what? Our game is in good hands. The game of magic, this guy's, he's very smart. This is pretty sweet. And it sounds like there's maybe a uh, upcoming set that has something to do with some luck-based a lot of things i love i my favorite part about the dinner was like afterwards and during everyone's just piecing his words looking for spoilers hey all the pieces matter he barely said anything to make me think this but i swear i think that a (laughs) vanilla chain lightning aka sorcery speed lightning bolt is going to be printed very soon because I just like threw that out there, and the look on his face was just like he couldn't look me in the <laughs> eyes. Reading his expression. Yeah, he like took an extra slurp of whatever he was drinking, like sort of looked down, and I was like, "Yes, we have a source of speed lightning bolt in the next six months." <laughs> I think you're reading a lot into him taking a gulp from his drink. <laughs> I'm pretty good about it. Oh man! If I'm oh. wrong, leaving a legacy will. Uh, We'll give out. Uh, Everyone gets milkshakes. Uh, milkshakes from Boston Market. Uh, I don't think Boston Market makes milkshakes. Okay. <laughs> 50 bags of dog food. No. Um, <laughs> what I like is there was just like a lull in the conversation, and Gavin just looks around and just casually asks, so what do you guys think? Should we should we ban something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, but I was actually surprised the card we ended up talking about the most for in that conversation was actually Gitaxian Probe. Yeah. I was like, this is a success for me because as, as everybody knows, I don't want Deathrite Shaman to be banned. And they're not going to ban anything else anytime soon. So I was like, if I can divert his gaze, <laughs> everybody just keep talking about this the Gitaxian Probe. But it's interesting because he had a very uh, good and interesting perspective on Gitaxian Probe, as did most of the guests. Um, in that it breaks like an interesting rule of the game. Like he, Gavin is all about, you know, the perception of luck and other gaming elements. One of which is unknown information. You know, um, mm. sort of guessing, bluffing, guessing what's in each other's hands, and like a free spell that breaks this one very key rule in the game is definitely something that is uh, a concern. You know, as far as like how competitive games play out. So I think that was really interesting and makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, we talked. I, so we actually had Jordan on the cast, which will be last week for the, our listeners, but uh, yesterday for me. And uh, we were talking about just Gitaxian Probe strips away an entire layer of the game. And it's just for like no opportunity cost. No opportunity cost. It's just like it replaces itself and it's basically free. So I actually wouldn't uh, mind seeing Gitaxian Probe go. 
James, did you uh, did you have any thoughts on that conversation? I don't. I forget. Uh, I don't think I was close enough to hear you on the ta- at the table. Well, I mean, I didn't want. My answer was basically I didn't want to see anything banned. Uh, I think a taxium probe is sort of borderline. Uh, the other thing that was interesting that we talked about with regards to probe was that it it was a little bit shame inducing, right? Like you could <laughs> you could actually. Oh see yeah, opponent, I forgot about the, you yeah. Could see that your opponent was keeping these really bad hands. <laughs> And sometimes the opponent would actually scoop because they wouldn't want you to see it if they're like so far behind. Uh, yep. Just stuff like that. Um, but on a on a more serious level, I think a taxing probe is personally the reason why Grixis Delver is such a a strong deck as opposed to playing something like Sultai, right? Because that free information and cantripping is just you just can't beat it. Like it's just it's just an awesome card. <laughs> I mean, I. I I, I'm really enjoying the fact that right now I'm playing this deck that happens to play these powerful cards. Um, I think it's why I've been uh, doing fairly well. But you know, if it's uh, if if they were gone tomorrow, I think it wouldn't be the end of the world, right? I we we'd all adapt yeah. and move on. So, truth. Uh, but that is funny though. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Gavin's like, man, I hate it. When you keep a questionable hand, you're like, all right, if I just hit a land drop or two, this is all going to work out. And then your opponent goes, get taxi and probe. <laughs> so you just say, let's go to game two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, also, the thing I love most about that restaurant. So Gavin actually re- recommended the restaurant. Gavin was incredible. So I messaged Gavin. I'm like, hey, Gavin, we're going to do the Leaving a Legacy dinner uh, on Thursday. If you're around, love for you to come. And he's like, yeah, not only am I going to come, I'm going to organize the entire thing, make the reservations. <laughs> like uh, he took us to uh, his, uh, I think it was like Hartford Provisions, I think is what it was called. Um, but this place, did you guys get the, uh, the dessert, the, uh, the creme brulee, not the creme brulee, the like apple tart thing that they had? I didn't have any of that. This yeah, thing. I got some of that. Yeah. It was, oh, it was pretty good. It was the best dessert I've ever had in my life. It's like an apple pie baked in a mason jar top, topped with like caramel ice cream. Like could, I, I want to fly back to Seattle just for that dessert. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that sounds pretty good. I I enjoyed their hamburger quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wilson really experiencing the tastes and flavors of uh, Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. Oh man, um, I guess you want to get into the GP itself. Well, let's go for it. Boom. Uh, we'll start us off, Wilson. What you do? Well, so as uh, wait, Jerry, you had two buys, right? Uh, wow, wait a <laughs> that, is that a backhanded insult? <laughs> no, I, mean, I was just wondering. I think I think you had two buys. Correct. Nope, I I did not. Oh, you did. Oh. I didn't. I didn't. Did you? You had two buys though, Wilson. Oh, I right? did actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you oh. had two buys. So yeah. and that was funny how that works out. It was actually Ian. Ian had two buys, right? Yeah, yeah, that device. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, I didn't mean to make that a dagger. So, no, nope, uh, too, too late. Just doing it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, J- Jerry, uh, leaving Legacy, uh, co-host, did not have to. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so I had two buys for the event. Uh, fortunate, I have not had two buys recently in, in Legacy GPs because I haven't, before this year, had not been playing a ton. But it was, 
it was good. Uh, so started my event, ended up being undefeated through round six, got a camera feature round six, which was pretty sweet. Um, was able to win that with no cyborg graveyard hate against 10 fins. That was a cool experience. I went back and watched the Twitch chat and the commentary for that. I thought, you know, I think that there was a, a, a decent amount of negative feedback on the commentary, but I didn't watch the whole thing yet. I thought that my match had pretty good commentary, uh, as far as production quality. And I felt like, uh, some of the matches did. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that because I just have no idea. All I know is, I felt like we had some complicated games, and uh, it was just interesting to see all of the different points of view on the game. And I'm still very, very confident that in my in my lines in the match, and that's what I thought was really interesting. So for me, it was it was almost this very stubborn feeling after watching my match of like, man, this is a this is complicated format, and I feel like chat didn't really understand what I was doing, and uh, would have like they are freaking out about my blood moons and i was like i just literally won the game against dark depths combo with a blood moon so it was like they were like raging for like 30 seconds about like oh blood moon in this deck is unplayable and then like i wanted <laughs> chat silent because of course chat's never going to be like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry sir i was wrong about my comment about blood moon you know right <laughs> you I recommend everyone go back and watch Wilson's feature match just for his facial expressions alone. <laughs> I knew I knew Wilson had a feature match because our group chat people just started posting screenshots of uh Wilson from the from the feature match. Just like how do you arch your eyebrow that high, sir? I don't know. I think I learned that one from my wife. But uh. But yeah, I, was, I don't know. I was making some weird facial expressions, mostly because I didn't get any sleep the night before. And I looked at myself on this feature match, and I had these like deep, cavernous, like dark circles under my eyes. Um, but anyways, if you just, some of that is like the time change and everything. But that was a cool experience. But then at the next, I, I lost a match to Lands, or no? Then I drew a match against Ely Cassis. Because he killed both of us with Price of Progress, so we had to play a game four, and I was like two turns, one or two turns away from winning the, the match, and actually got a draw. And I felt like that draw sort of set the tone for the rest of my tournament. Um, and I, I guess I'm allowed to give a spoiler. I ended up 11-3 and one, which was like a mediocre 35th place finish. Like I was pretty happy about it, but at the same time, I was like, man, if I didn't get that draw after I was 6-0, I felt like the, the tournament could have been a little bit different. So I never played against a sneak and show deck or an ant deck or anything like that. Um, mostly because, you know, nine of my 15 rounds were against decks that were either in the draw bracket or towards the end of the tournament, I was being paired up or down. But at that point I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was a, a pretty cool event and I was pretty happy with the way my deck performed. Um, I just felt like I wasn't able to top eight based on sort of the, uh, the train becoming unhitched um, uh, at around seven when I got that draw. Yeah, uh, that's okay. You did better than me. I uh, I didn't even day two. Uh, I uh, so I played Grexus Delver in the event, and basically my three losses came down to uh, round two. I actually played uh, a friend from the group chat, uh, John Slater, who was also on Grexus Delver, and. Uh, I won the coin. I won the uh, die roll. So I won game one. He won game two. Then game three, I'm on the play, and I mull down to four, 
and I end up keeping like a no lander uh, on four. But luckily with my scry, I was able to find one on top. So it was a little bit of a game, but just mulling to four in the mirror match uh, is not really what you want to do. So I just got ground out. Um, then my second loss I picked up against Sneak and Show of all decks. Um, supposed to be a super favorable match. Uh, and it, it was, I just punted super hard in this matchup. It was game three and I have a Delver of Secrets in play and he, uh, pyroblasts and he's on three life and, uh, my hand is force of will days and I have five lands in play and he has five lands in play. So he pyroblasts my Delver of Secrets. Uh, I stupidly instead of just pitching the days because the days is dead at this point he has so much mana instead of pitching the days to the force of will uh i instead hard cast force of will and then with his last card he fluster storms my force of will so if i had just pitched days i would have still had five mana up and i would have been able to pay for the fluster storm and win the game because he's pyroblasting my delver at three life in my attack step with my delver of secrets turned sideways um so i kicked myself uh real long uh afterwards but thanks to uh abby abby was there who was also an awesome addition to the weekend um she really kind of pulled me out of my tilt and uh made me feel better about it so thanks to her for helping with that and then my third loss which ended up knocking me out of the tournament uh was against sneak and show again and i actually want to get your guys uh opinions on this because uh different people i've talked to have gone back and forth over whether it's a keepable or a pitchable hand um bob said it was awesome but then lauren said it was terrible so uh game three uh on the draw against sneak and show i kept getaxian probe cabal therapy days force of will uh delver of secrets brainstorm ponder okay so no lander uh but i'm on the draw plus i get a draw of cataxian probe um so i kept it because i actually messed up the math um i counted wastelands in my calculation as a mana source which they're not i should have excluded it so if you count the wastelands, the chances of hitting a land off of your draw for turn plus the Gataxian probe draw is about 70%. But if you don't count the wastelands, it drops down to 44%, which is a lot more hairy. Um, what what would you guys do in that situation? Wilson, you want to go? You want to go first? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably keep it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, basically, if you hit a land. Like you just crush Sneak and Show. Like they can't come back from that that beating. Right. Like early early Delver to get the clock on them, and then just permission and discard to just tear them apart. Yeah, in a lot of situations, you can also like miss the land drop upwards of two times at least once, and like still be able to win the game pretty handily. Exactly, because Sneak and Show's a slower combo deck, so even if you do miss that first land drop, you still have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And the, their hands that are not slow, they're usually all in, and you actually almost want them to have an all in hand with, with the force of will. So, right. If they just go all in, you just force it, and then you have even more time to get that land drop. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things that if it, you know, I don't think you've given the conclusion yet, but if it didn't work out, it feels 
like a very feel bad kind of keep. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think that I it it's probably the right thing to keep the hand. Yeah. What do you think, James? Would you would you have kept that? I think I would have mulliganed. Uh, I mean, if it was two probes, I think I would have kept it. But uh, the way I see it is that if the sneak and show player uh, sees that you, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I guess I guess what I'm thinking is that the sneak and show player wouldn't just jam in that case if you didn't hit your land drop. Obviously, if you hit your land drop, you win. But I would still probably err on the side of going down to six and having well, the strike. Keep in mind, I was on the draw, so they played first. So if they had an all-in hands, they would have been just doing it in the blind. That's true. I still would have probably mulliganed. Uh, it's yeah, that's just just my just just what I would do. So yeah. Uh, well, the the reveal of what actually happened is they went island pass for their first turn. So I'm like, all right, that's not a good sign. <laughs> um, I draw my card for turn, and it's Deathrite Shaman. Uh, I'm like, all right, cast Cataxian Probe, and it's Lightning Bolt. And I'm like, all right, fuck, that didn't work out. <laughs> What's worse is he re- he reveals his hand, and his hand is Island, Lotus Petal, Blood Moon, Force of Will, Blue Card. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck. So I just go, I'm like, all right, move to discard. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. Or no, it wasn't Lightning Bolt because this is game three. It was some other like non-relevant card. So I'm like, all right, discard this card. And he just goes, oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, Island, Lotus Petal, Blood Moon. I'm like, force your Blood Moon. He forces back. So I'm like, yep, resolves. <laughs> blood Moon comes into play. Passes the turn. I draw on the top card of my library is Underground Sea. Jeez. At least you had lightning. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't a lightning bolt, I realized, because it's game three. I forget. It was some other do-nothing card. Okay. Um, but yeah, just like top-decking the Underground Sea as soon as uh, Blood Moon comes into play. And I still played it out. I was digging for the Young Pyromancer win, because that's basically the only way the deck can win through a Blood Moon. Uh, but just I like, couldn't find it in time. Yeah. Now imagine if the Underground Sea was one of the top two cards, though, you would have very easily won the game. So. Oh yeah, like Underground Sea and top two cards. Uh, just play Gitaxian Probe, Underground Sea, Cabal Therapy, strip their hands, uh, daze them if you really need to, force a will, just deploy that Delver of Secrets or the one or the Deathrite Shaman that I top decks. Like, oh man, that game would have gone so differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sorry to hear that, Jerry. That was pretty rough. Yeah, so that was my third loss, and I ended up going 5-3 on the day, only because my last round opponent didn't show up. So, <laughs> got that round 8 bye. Yeah. Uh, uh, but actually, one of the coolest decks I played against that I uh, actually beat was... <laughs> I played against 4-Color Maverick. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, is it just like Deathrite Shaman and then the Slashes for Leovold, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Splashing for Leovold, Maverick deck. Um, plus, it was running, uh, it was running neither Reliquary, and it was running the Dark Depths Thespian Stage combo. Gee. Like it was the greediest, greediest deck I have ever seen. Yeah, definitely wouldn't expect that part. <laughs> uh, what about you, James? Oh, I also scrubbed out. Uh, but I, I mean, I felt pretty bad at the time. But I think. Uh, I mean, in Magic, it's all about decisions that you're making, right? I think, first of all, I think decision to play Grixis Delver was fine. 
uh, it's a good deck. Uh, and secondly, I think there wasn't there weren't too many spots where I felt like I I played really bad or had any obvious uh, play mistakes. Uh, I, I dropped three I dropped three of my first four rounds. I think the learning here is that in a legacy tournament you definitely want the buys. So I wish I could have gone back and gotten the buys, but it is what it is. Uh, round one, I lost to Burn in a very close uh, best of three. Uh, round two, I managed to beat Manalist Dredge uh, completely in the dark, winning the die roll, and he had no idea that people play Graf Digger's Cage, so I beat him pretty handily in game two. Um, round three was when the wheels started to come off. I almost turned the corner against Sultai Delver, but he stabilized with a 5-6 Tarmogoyf in game one because I had I had to kill his Liliana, and there was a Planeswalker in the yard, so game one, I almost got there, but he came back with a Tombstalker. I mean, it's just a bad matchup because Saltai is just bigger than you are, and it's basically the natural foil of Grixis Delver. It's why you play Saltai Delver. Uh, in game two, I didn't quite get there. So I thought it was fine. I mean, I was one and two at that point. I just needed to have some favorable matchups. The next round, I played against Lance, and he just had the nuts in game three. He had something like Ghost Quarter, Ghost Quarter, Choke, Chalice, um, I think also a Mox Diamond uh, and also Life from the Loam. So it was basically a nearly unbeatable hand uh, if you're playing Grixis Delver, even with cards that you're sideboarding in. And so that was the end of my my day two hopes right there. Um, but I did play it out. I played it out just for, for fun. And I ended up 5-3, and three, won out the rest of the way. So that was pretty fun. I actually ended up playing against two Pox decks in a row, so that was kind of neat. And so, I guess my day one goes to show that Legacy it can be quite a diverse metagame uh, if you run into certain matchups. So, uh, I had fun. So that was basically my my day one, and I had fun watching Wilson and uh, the rest of the guys in day two, and so I, overall, I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, Can I go on a rant? What's it about? I don't like the new format of GPs and how day two is seven rounds before top eight. Yeah. So I, I don't like that X and three makes top eight. Like I wish it was just a a hard cut. Like I would have dropped after my second loss and much, much more enjoyed my day doing other things. But because you just have that allure of the third, uh, third loss still makes day two. It just felt pressure to stay in the event if I, even though I really would have rather dropped and actually played like a fun deck in a side event. So wait, so you you may have had a misunderstanding because only X two makes day two now, Jerry. Uh oh. What was it? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh no, what was didn't they change it where X and three? So it's a little bit complicated. Basically, X and three used to make day two. Now uh-huh. they cut off. But well, originally it was seven and two made day two. Then they made it six and three made day two. Now it's six and two makes day two of constructed GP or with a sealed GP. It's six and two, and you play your night. You gets to let you play your ninth round day one with your sealed deck, and then you still get to play draft on day two no matter what. So really, it's like an eight round day one. Where X and two makes day two, so you would have to go six and two. Um, but my issue with it now is that 
before it was almost there was like this novelty aspect of day two where I mean it still is it's still left definitely obviously a, a a great thing to make day two but you you still have like almost like most of your tournament if you have two buys you you actually have to play more magic on day two or still like a sizable chunk of, of your tournament is on day two whereas before you it's almost like you felt like you played such a large chunk of your event through nine rounds that you could really re- like relax a lot more maybe celebrate your accomplishment a lot more on Saturday night or I guess in this case Friday night with the with the double GP. Um, it, for some reason, it's, it's just sort of like a different feeling with the tournament. It's a different mm. feeling, feeling like you have six rounds on day two before a top eight. So it was still a cool experience for me. Like day two was really fun to compete through and and all of that. But the seven rounds, it definitely was a, a more draining and felt like you're playing a, a full event on on day two of the event, even if you don't top eight. So I don't know. It's it's almost an emotive argument, but it's still sort of interesting. And, and then the, the tournament definitely finishes like a ton later, um, which is also a big deal for people trying to get out of there after the event is over. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was also, I was less happy with the side events at this GP. It almost felt like they purposely scheduled the side events so that you couldn't play in as many as you'd like. Um, like I showed up uh, on Sun on Saturday with my legacy deck, looking to jump in a legacy event, and there just wasn't really anything that I could do. There was, they had these like on demand. I forgot what they called it, but it was basically you can buy games like almost like tickets for five bucks a pop, and then you just sit down, and someone else can come up to you, and you guys can play any format you want, and then the winner gets the tickets. Um, which was like fine. I'm like that kind of makes it feel like they're trying to make magic online in real life. I just wanted some eight man win a boxes, and they just didn't have those anymore. Like I still wanted kind of a somewhat of a structure in my side event. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel the I feel the same way. Um, it it just wasn't as value packed uh, for those of us who uh, <laughs> didn't manage to make day two. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching Wilson and some of the guys play but uh, i played in the uh the double up event at noon it was just like three rounds and it was just for tickets so it didn't feel like it was it was great value like i got to play legacy but it wasn't wasn't super awesome you know what i mean yeah my experience with the trials uh was pretty poor because i don't know it was just it was almost like they're they're they know that you're going to pay a premium just because you want to play that format before the tournament with or without the buys on the line. And it's just a little, it's a little bit frustrating the way that it was run. So like one way for example, like I'm not, nothing is judged, just staffed it awesome, but it was like they would only fire every 30 minutes. So even if you filled up an event, you still, it made it so that you could only play in so many of these things. When in reality, it seems like if 32 people came through the line or 16 or whatever they want to do for that. Um, actually I think it's 16 for four Oh, right? Yeah, it is. So if, if they filled up a trial with 16 people, I wish that they would go ahead and like fire that off. But instead, it was like a 30-minute increment wait time, and I feel like that's something that they could actually get a lot more magic in. Um, and then also like the single elimination nature of it, it's just if they're already running the event, I don't understand why they can't just let people stay in even if they've lost because a lot of people want to be testing their their decks for the event on the following day even if they don't get the buys. Um, 
That's true. Like uh, for the last chance trial that happened, I got I got there. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to enter a last chance trial. And they're like, okay, uh, we already filled the next the next two ones. Yours is going to be in forty like forty five minutes. Right. I'm like, why? If they're full, go. Exactly. Yeah, they could get a lot more in if they did that. So. And it's like they're they're just turning away money. I don't get it. Yeah. Like yeah. fill the demand. Yeah, there's a few things like that. Like it seems like almost like a step backwards because I remember having some really solid side event experiences at some other GPs in the past, and uh, and yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm not trying to get after anybody in particular. It just seems like you know maybe in the future I wish that the side events were number one more affordable. I mean, don't we all wish that? Uh, number two, you could play more Magic and you could do it more efficiently. So. Yeah, I mean, I ended up doing a chaos draft because it was firing, and I had an awesome time. But it's just like uh, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm gonna do this because there's nothing else to do. Right. I did end up winning my chaos draft though, which was awesome. Oh, that's sweet. What yeah. Uh, uh, it was like EMA, Fate Reforged, and uh, OG Innistrad. Jeez, the uh, <laughs> nice. was like, super heavy on bombs. And, oh yes, so. <clears throat> In my Fate Reforged pack, uh, or maybe it wasn't the Fate Reforged. It's so hard to remember <laughs> the Chaos Draft. But, uh, like, my bombs that I got was I got the five-mana Wrath of God with Awaken. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's like five-mana Wrath of God, or you can pay eight and turn one of your lands into a 4-4 four, four after the Wrath mm-hmm. of God. And I, I did that multiple times because I drafted Red-White Ramp. And I was just like, all right, uh, wrath the board, make a 4-4, beat your face. Yeah, I think that's like um, Battle for Zendikar set was had that. Yeah, I think that was Battle for Zendikar. Um, and then my other bomb was, I'm uh, blanking on it now, the uh, the big green creature that draws a card when it comes into play for each green creature you control. Okay, is that a devotion? No. No, no, it's an older card. It was, it was like, it was the elves finisher before Craterhoof uh, was printed. Oh, uh, yeah, Regal Force. Yes, Regal Force, that's what it was. So I got that, so I'm doing a Chaos Draft, and I'm just literally picking every green mana dork that comes around. (laughs) Like, ooh, Arbor Elf, yes, take that. (laughs) Birds of Paradise, take that. (laughs) Just ramping in. EMA, like a set like EMA seems like an insane pack to open for a Chaos Draft, right? Like the power level is so much higher than the average set. Yeah, I mean, the Chaos Drafts actually had value. Like, it was a $30 draft, but there were good packs in there. Yeah. I mean, even Fate Reforged has has some value in it. Yeah. Uh, like, you can get things like Ugin and Monastery Mentor, or even things like Gurmag Anglers. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome. I do, I do love the Chaos Drafts. I'll probably just end up doing those if I can't get Legacy in, because the Chaos Drafts at least fired when ready. Yeah, that's very cool. That sounds like a fun time. Um, any of you guys like check out the artists at all or anything like that? Uh, no, I was I was too busy playing uh, playing Legacy. Uh, Just how, uh... how'd that go? <laughs> how'd that go for you, Wilson? Was it, was it a valuable valuable uh, spending of your time? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it's, it was a. I didn't. I, I didn't check out the artist, but it was a cool. I honestly, I wanted to get some uh, dark, the dark blood moons because you, I know you guys are cringing at my, whatever my uh, 
was it reprint? Was it, is it Masters, some sort of EMA set, Blood Moons? I don't even know what I have. Some new word thing. <laughs> you probably had Chronicles. <laughs> no, it wasn't Chronicles. It's some like new, it's some like modern Masters Blood Moon or something like that. Yeah. Right. I need I need to get the dark because I had beta bolts and that's just like disgusting to be playing <laughs> to the dark uh, next to modern Masters Blood Moon. Yeah, that's an insult, man. Can't do that. Sorry. Uh, James, you're saying, do you check out the artists? A little bit. I didn't actually get any of the cards autographed or anything like that. I'm not really big into signatures, um, mm. but I did enjoy checking out some of the prints. Uh, it was a little difficult buying any because I would have had to take them back to China. I really want to frame some of them in my apartment, but I didn't want it to get damaged, so I ended up not getting anything. And I already had way too many playmats, so... But it was kind of cool. It was cool uh, kind of seeing all the fans that the artists had and seeing what stuff they had uh, for sale. It seems like it, it definitely seems like it's a big part of their living, right, for some of these artists like RK Post, who oh, are yeah. basically at every GP, every Magic event. And also saw a whole bunch of cosplayers. That was pretty cool. Um, generally speaking, it was just a really good Magic vibe. Like, I just find whenever I come to these GPs, I'm in this sort of bubble right I'm, i don't know if you guys feel the same way it's like i'm not in reality i'm just in this convention center with all these magic fans and it's nothing like the world outside and uh it, yeah i mean we did a whole a few days of that and it was kind of nice afterwards to just feel like i was back to normal back to reality you know um but it was cool for the very like compressed time that we were there so yeah, I will also say um, I don't know if this one in particular, just because of the specialness of it. Um, but every GP I go to, I see more and more cosplayers at. There were so many cosplayers at this event. Oh, uh, definitely. Just, yeah, just popping up everywhere. Uh, so I, I think that's also cool. I do like that GPs are starting to turn into more of a magic convention and less of a tournament, which. I guess kind of makes sense with that style of uh, side events that we were talking about earlier with the like the you just have your tickets and you find someone to play against. Um, it definitely feels like they're trying to move in that direction of making the GP less about the tournament and more about the total experience. Absolutely. And I had awesome interactions with I, I just about every player I sat across from. Right. There were there were no real jerks that I played against. Everyone was willing to chat and kind of talk about their love of legacy between games and matches. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it goes back to what we were saying before about, uh, or not not recording this show, but a lot of people were saying, like, GPs are a place to hang out with friends and to have fun, right? I mean, there are obviously things that we wish could have been done better. Like, um, you know, if you ask a super spike like Wilson here, he wants, you know, a certain number of rounds in day two and all that, uh, which is perfectly legitimate. But for those of us who are just there to have fun, it was certainly certainly um, certainly did that. Certainly had a lot of fun, and just just being able to meet up with a whole bunch of people uh, that I hadn't seen in a while was really cool. So, well, I was yeah. there just to have fun, James. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah Mister, I was disappointed with my 35th place finish. <laughs> um, it was oh, pretty man. fun. I, I it was cool to see everybody. Like so, for me, it's like a big thing to I, I'm. I communicate with a lot of players who are dispersed throughout the world online about the legacy format. And it was cool to see a yeah. lot of particularly the West coast people 
at this tournament and uh, be able to see them face to face, meeting a lot of people for the first time, catching up with a decent number of them for the second time, um, who, who we talked to about about various legacy things. That was very cool. I know I got to meet uh, the Leaving a Legacy intern, uh, Cyrus Cormac and Gill, for the first time. Yep. It was great. What do you think? <laughs> Um, did I tell you? So, uh, I've never met Cyrus before and I've said this multiple times in the, in the group chat, Cyrus, every picture of you looks like a different person. I'm not going to be able to recognize you. So, so I'm at the GP and this person just comes up to me and starts talking to me and I'm like, all right, I'll go along with this. <laughs> I just start like talking back and having a conversation and like other people join us. And about like five to 10 minutes into our conversation, I realized that it's Cyrus. <laughs> but yeah it is like you just you get just get to put these faces on these people that you only know like through twitter or through uh like messenger apps like i've met so many people that i talk to all the time in text form but i've never met face to face and it's awesome being able to put a face to that that persona yeah there's also the reverse of that which is i I don't know this probably you guys probably ran into this right like you'll be talking to somebody and they'll say doesn't your voice sound familiar (laughs) <laughs> and then and then they put two and two together and they're like, oh, you're Jerry Me from Leaving a Legacy. <laughs> thought that was kind of cool. I had an opponent yeah. actually recognize my voice, which is incredible because my podcast is just so obscure. Uh, but I'm sure you guys ran into that um, throughout the weekend, right? Yeah, one guy was like, oh, wait, you're Jerry Me from Leaving a Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one guy was like, oh, wait, you're Brian Brondu in World Champion. I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll sign your card for you. And I will sign your card for you. <laughs> Master Drop Bald. Uh, Master Drop Bald. When's my membership card coming? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it is it is great. Also, just, like, seeing people that you do know, too. Like, I got to see Sam Ting again, which was awesome, from uh, Kitchen Table Magic. And just like I feel, especially from the content producer side, um, it's a great way to exchange ideas and work thing, through things. So, listen, I haven't run this by you yet, but I was talking to Nathan from uh, Eternal Dirtles about this and doing a legacy podcast host showdown. <laughs> oh, yes. And do it King of the Hill, like Pokemon battle style, <laughs> where like each each team get six decks and you get to pit the decks against each other uh, until they lose. So it's like, if you can knock out all of your opponent's decks with, uh, with your team, you know, you, we can base the prizes off of that. <laughs> That's sweet. Hey, I, I have a tweak on that. Uh, since we're podcasters, what if we get other people to play for us and like Pokemon style, we get players to pit against each other. Oh man, that is awesome. <laughs> that makes it so much more fun and relaxing for us, right? And we get to do the commentary yeah, on it. That 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 is a great idea, Wilson. We should do that. We're gonna have, we'll draft draft the pro yes. legacy players. Yes. <laughs> Who I'm sure would all just jump into our legacy <laughs> podcast show then. Hey, oh, Wilson, man, I'm like, sure that Twindom would love to be on your team. Oh, he's my first. Yeah, he's the number one draft pick. So, Jerry, you better not. <laughs> you better not uh, I, shout out to Twindom. I pick, I pick BBD as my first pick. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You can have whoever that is as long as I get Twindom. <laughs> Whoever that is, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so yeah, we should uh, we should definitely do that. That would be sick. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Awesome. Well, uh, so I have one more funny story from the weekend. Um, so flying back uh, to Boston, uh, Jasper, uh, who lives in New York, uh, was in our same terminal. So he, we're, me and him end up going through TSA together. Uh, but we get separated. Uh, like I go through one metal detector line and he goes through the other metal detector line. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't like flying. So I, I had, a, I had to relax before my flight. I had a couple of drinks, uh, at the bar, I go through TSA and the TSA agent just pulls me aside and says, uh, sir, we're going to need to do a strip search on you. <laughs> <laughs> So like my face just goes like I just go slack jaw, <laughs> and then I see that Jasper is like hiding behind the metal detector, <laughs> and has paid off the TSA agent to harass oh, me as God. I'm going through uh, <laughs> going through TSA check. That's amazing. Jasper's quite a character. Never met him before this, so shout out to you, Jasper, uh, for being a character. <laughs> Uh, I feel Gavin really loves Jasper too. <laughs> yeah, Jasper was at the Levio Legacy dinner, and within five minutes of meeting Gavin, is like talking about Tinder profiles and adjusting your settings, and <laughs> like giving, like talking about just like dating apps. It's, it's like Gavin did not know what to make of Jasper. <laughs> oh, well, don't hold this back. He was talking about like details of your like sexual preferences and things. <laughs> Yeah, like instantly, like as soon as you meet someone, Jasper's just like, "All right, let's get personal." Yeah, so, it was uh, so it yeah. was hilarious. Jasper, super funny dude. You definitely made it a memorable experience. So shout out. Yeah, uh, Jasper is awesome. He is hilarious. Uh, Wilson, how was your flight back? Any anything going on? <laughs> yeah, well, this is like a downer. We're not going to like giggle about this, or I'm certainly not. Some woman had a screaming child. The entire red eye back to, and so by the time I got back, I was so angry because it was like, you know, I'm not angry about screaming children. I have two children. Like sometimes you, you know, you empathize with other parents. They can't. Sometimes they can't do things. But this mom, she was reading some some novel. Like she was like she like turned on her reading light and was reading like a 900 page novel as her three year old child was literally screaming bloody murder at the top of her lungs. And everybody on the plane was like, what's going on? And this mom was just like completely serene, not doing anything. It's like 2 a.m. And I'm sitting there with like bloodshot eyes just wanting to sleep. And this child is screaming. So so I got back and I have like a two and a half hour drive home because I lived, you know, not really near a huge airport. And uh, so I basically had to pull an all-nighter for that and – the jet lag from West Coast to East Coast U.S. is not that bad, especially when you compare it to somebody like like James. Um, but when you add in an all nighter, I you know I needed my my day there to try to to adjust from that. And then getting home, you know, my kids are excited to see me and everything, so I have, it's like I have to be like playful, awesome dad on no sleep. And man, I, I just have to tell you, it was it was an awesome trip, but because of that because of that all nighter, it made it a little <laughs> bit difficult to readjust to normal life. Oh man, I I also didn't sleep on the red red eye back. Uh, Ian passed out like immediately, and I was so jealous of him. <laughs> I was stuck in the middle seat, and we flew through a thunderstorm, so we had like insane turbulence. I thought I was gonna die, and Ian's just snoozing away next to me. <laughs> oh really? Wait, you guys sat yeah. sat next to each other? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, 
I mean, it, I bet as well as sat next to a rock for all that mattered for the flight. But <laughs> uh, James, I, I feel you're just like shaking your head at us uh, compared to, to your trip back. Yeah, well, no, I mean, my, my trip back was actually pretty good. Uh, I ended up getting really into a book that I had on my Kindle and I my flight back was about 11 hours and I think for about six or seven of those 11 hours I was reading and uh, and then I took a quick nap and then I was back in Beijing so nothing really to complain too much about for the flight so it was good for me must be nice yep nice Awesome. Well, anything else we wanted to cover from our trip? I mean, I, I can't wait for the next one, guys. This is a lot of fun. That was like a ton of fun. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was just really cool, like, also just meeting. I mean, I already said this, but just talking to all the other legacy players everywhere else, our buddies from around the country, around the world, um, meeting. I mean, Jerry, I, haven't, I hadn't even met you in person before this trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's true. It was the first time meeting in person. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it is funny. You like you feel like you become such friends with people because you interact with them in so many ways, and then you're like, oh, I've never actually like, I, I don't really know what they look like outside of like a Facebook Facebook profile pic. Right. <laughs> and the coolest thing about the magic community is that like everybody acts pretty weird online, and when you meet them in person, they're at least as weird as they are online. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the magic community. So there's GP Richmond. Uh, I know we have like a lot of other GPs before that, but I'm thinking about GP Richmond over Labor Day weekend because it's an hour away from where I live. East Coast Legacy GP. I hope that a lot of people come out for that. So that should be. Yeah. I'm going to try it. So my new job. uh, So what is that's in like September? Yes. uh, Labor Day weekend. So I think the, the first weekend of September. Yeah, so I'll be coming off my like three month probation thing with the new job, so I'll have my uh, all my vacation days become eligible. So awesome. I think that's what I'm going to use my first vacation days on. Oh, that's awesome. So do yeah, you, do you hope Deathrite Shaman is banned by that point, Jerry? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I I don't know what I would play. I, I, I kind of want to play some Bug Delver right now, and that deck, I feel, is a lot more fun, but still uses Death Rite. So, you know, maybe maybe I'll have a change of heart. Well, considering the format's pretty wide open, I think you have a lot of options. Yeah, open wide, baby. I love That's my favorite meme of uh, 2018. <laughs> Just <laughs> open wide, baby, and Death Rite Shaman. <laughs> I love... Uh, Callum, Calum, is it Callum or Calum? I feel like I know him so well. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Um, I in my head I said Calum, which means it's probably Callum. <laughs> probably Callum. Interesting. Well, his his meme of the the fifties diner with oh yeah, it's, it's the Leobold with Deathrite Shaman head. It's like an eight. It's like the Nighthawks diner, yeah. Yeah, and in this, in this like, so this Leobold slash Deathrite hybrid has a Tommy gun and is sitting in a diner and pointing it at a chalice of the void, like the the Duke in the Chalice of the Void art with a chalice. But it's perfect. Yeah, the chalice. It looks like a, a drink that the yeah, that he ordered. The- yeah, exactly, it's like positioned perfectly on the diner oh, it's counter. Amazing, I love that. I, like my my phone pictures, my wife will flip through this. It's like, oh, 
cute child, you know, it's like our children, our, my wife. It's like meme, cal- calum, legacy <laughs> meme, meme, meme. And it, it just keeps getting brought to the top of your photos because <laughs> you're just using it all exactly. the time. <laughs> Uh, actually, my favorite photo from the weekend is uh, I have a I have a scandalous photo of Wilson in bed. Uh, hot bidding starts uh, when this episode oh, comes out. <laughs> Lying, ignore it. We'll edit it out. <laughs> oh boy! Awesome. Well, any uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Uh, formats wide open. Format's wide open. What about you, James? Well, I'll just do a shameless plug here. Uh, if you guys are, if anybody's interested in playing Legacy in Asia this year, uh, and you actually want to play in a tournament that has four underground seas as a top prize, there's definitely a couple happening in China uh, later this year. There's also the GP in Japan, which is on, I think, November. So if anybody wants to play together on that or find out more details, just leave me a message, and uh, I'll let you know more about that. There's a lot of uh, great eternal stuff happening in China and in Japan, obviously. So uh, definitely hit me up if you plan to travel there for some magic. Wow. See, Jerry and I just like have fun. We come on here. We just like troll. <laughs> James comes on here with like five different sponsorships of like major, major shops in China. <laughs> this is where he makes it funny. Got to uh, represent my community. So, yeah. <laughs> James, I promise if I win the lottery, I'm coming to GP Japan. <laughs> nice. Uh, you can send your lottery ticket donations to... <laughs> <laughs> Just sell awesome. your death right, well, shamans. You'll be able to afford some lottery tickets with that. I tried. I tried selling uh, death right shamans at the event, and not a single vendor would take them. Like, actually, that's like one guy would take him at bulk. He would buy Deathrite Shamans at bulk. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was awesome hanging out with you guys. Uh, hopefully we get to do this all again soon. Yes. Very fun. Was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.